You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham, along with Miss Madison Morris via the cellular device. Uh, you know, Madison, we like this We like this podcast thing so much that we, we did it... Um, I don't know exactly 24 hours ago almost. I think <laughs> I think we did the post game show right at 12:39 uh, yesterday morning after the Portland Trailblazers uh, win. Uh, but we liked it so much, Madison, that we're going to do it again right now. Yay! Yeah, and uh, the sad the sad thing is for for you and me, um, we enter this podcast with three fouls each. No. <laughs> so we got to be smart with our podcasting here. Or we're going to foul out on some on some weak weak sauce. Weak sauce, just terrible. Like, look, I I get the Russell Westbrook call at the end. Uh, Russell Westbrook um, is a force of nature. He bulldozes to the rim, and he does it in such a fashion that at times it looks like he's doing it out of control. So I can kind of understand in the moment why uh, the official chose to buy Danilo Gallinari's uh, (laughs) flop there. And even though he was still moving, um, I, I, I buy that. But Madison, that foul on Paul George, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy foul out on a play like that at any level, let alone a guy who's trying to run an MVP candidacy uh, this season in Paul George. That that was just, that was atrocious. That was weak. Honestly, Patrick Beverly, you can't really expect anything other than something like that from a guy like Patrick Beverly because he is a nuisance. And... Um, I, I'm pretty sure they even said it a couple times on Fox Sports, Chris Fisher and Michael Cage. They were even saying, you know, he's a pest. He likes to, you know, really get cozied up next to those guys. He was really all over Paul George tonight. I feel like he's the type of player that comes in with kind of a game plan of what he wants to do, not only to win the game for his team, but kind of to just tear these other guys down, tear his opponents down. Maybe that's smart basketball. I don't know. But um, he's just a nuisance, and that's exactly what he did. And I mean, poor Paul George, like – he just had to fall into the trap with Patrick Beverly tonight. Uh, kind of was surprised it wasn't Russell Westbrook, but it just, you know, I mean, it kind of was Russell because he, like Brady just said, he fouled out as well. But Paul George getting that sixth foul and having to be sent to the bench because of Patrick Beverly, that was just kind of something expected. I thought that was a weak call. That's going to be, I guess, a big discussion for the podcast tonight is just kind of what we thought about some of the officiating because that's what a couple of our questions are asking us about. Um, so, I mean, I definitely don't want to say too much about it because, I mean, you can't always blame a bad game on officiating, but at the same time, it played a major factor into this game tonight, Brady. Yeah, well, you can say anything you want, Madison. You're not going to get fat. You're not going to get fined for, um, That's true. yeah, you're not going to get fined for discussing officiating, but, um, our, our good buddy from the franchise, uh, on the, uh, Dylan and Todd show, Todd Lizenby. He's kind of going on a little Twitter thing where he's defending that uh, that Res- that Westbrook charge. And look, Todd, I completely agree with you. Uh, Todd, by the way, listens to the podcast, so shout out to you once again. I think we gave him a shout out, so two shout outs in a row for you, Go Todd. Um, I-, I get what you're saying here, and by the rule definition, yes, you don't have to you don't have to just be set if you're Gallinari to receive a charge call. He he was moving his he's moving his feet. Yes, I, I get I get everything you're saying, Todd. I'm sorry. I just I rarely see it called that way. It's it's kind of like 
what's what's on paper and how is it actually called in, in reality? And, you know, it's kind of the same argument with traveling. NBA players travel, I don't know, like each player travels like at least three times a game and it never gets called because it's the right. NBA. Um, and I think that's where the controversy comes from is like, yeah, it could have, it's probably a charge. It was a charge. It was a correct call. But to foul out Russell Westbrook in a tight ball game, um, especially when up until that point, the refs just decided to like swallow their whistles with all the physicality under the rim, um, especially in the Thunder's favor, because Gallinari, after a really hot start where he hit his first six or seven shots um, towards the end of the fourth quarter, just every time he'd go to the rim, the Thunder would just hack the crap out of him and just right. beat, beat the ever loving hell out of him. And no whistle, and so it was just it was just weird timing, I guess, with the uh, calls. Just uh, it's like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna swallow swallow your whistles and let us play physical, or are you going to call every little ticky tack thing? And uh, to the Clippers' credit, they adapted. To the Thunder's discredit, they uh, did not, because after that Paul George uh, <laughs> shoulder foul where he fouled out on Patrick Beverly, the Thunder should have understood how the, the officials were going to call it. Uh, to close out the game, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, a loss for the Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back. I think you and I, Madison, we both kind of knew that this was going to happen. But you know, I don't want to take away from the Thunder's absolute effort in this game because, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, Madison. I know you were you were were you back at the station watching this game, or did you end up going home? So I was able to come home because um, I've been complaining about DirecTV taking Fox Sports Oklahoma off of our plan, but I was actually able to get the game uh, in other ways. That sounds really like creepy, but uh, I was able to finally be able to watch the game here at home, so I was able to watch it, and I got to see all the glory of uh, the interesting foul calls, so yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it... It was just, it was such a boring game in the beginning. And, you know, rack it up to the, you know, a nine th- another 9.30 tip off. Like, I've been doing other things today. I've been cleaning all day. The last thing I wanted to do was just do this all over again like we did last right. night. And it almost was another overtime game if uh, Lou Williams didn't go off in the last minute and a half. But um, it was such a boring game. The Thunder weren't hitting any shots. Everybody was getting called for fouls. It's like, okay, this is it's going to be an L. We know what's going to happen. And then in the third quarter, Dennis Schroeder, Nerlens Noel, Abdul Nader, Markeith Morris, Hello. the bench just just exploded and forced yes. the Thunder to like, okay, well I guess we have to try now because the bench kick, you know, kicked so much ass. Got the Thunder back within one, I think on that badass Abdul Nader dunk where he got fouled. That was um, awesome. I think the Clippers extended the lead back to seven or eight. And then once Russell Westbrook <laughs> and Paul George came back in, uh, once Russell Westbrook came back in, I think they got it down to within one. Then Paul George comes back on the floor. First 10 seconds he's on the floor, he hits a big three to take a two-point lead. And it really looked like that the Thunder were going to take this one uh, and close it out because the Clippers did the Thunder so many favors by missing about every single free throw <laughs> that they could possibly get. You know, they had right. over, what was this, Madison? This is the second night in a row that a Thunder opponent has taken over 40 free throws. I think last night, uh, Portland had, what, 43? I can't Something remember. Something around there, yeah. yeah. They had 43. Tonight, the Clippers take 46. And I believe at one point late in the, um, by the time, the about a minute left in the fourth quarter, the Clippers were 10 of 20. So they really opened the door for a potential Thunder comeback and a win. 
but really, at the end of the day, uh, the fouling out of Paul George really closed the door on a Thunder win, I felt, because Russell just not, he was not hitting shots. He ended up being 12 of 23, which is really good. He still continues his hot streak shooting, not so much from the three point line. He was two of nine from the, uh, uh, from beyond the arc. But as soon as Paul went out, I thought that that kind of blew their chances. And then especially uh, with the Thunder up, I think one, Russ Westbrook penetrated, dished it out to Terrence Ferguson, wide open opportunity from the corner. Terrence didn't hit it. Lou Williams gets the ball back, hits a three, and then from there on, the Clippers just kind of controlled. So just so many missed opportunities, and it's a shame because just like in that Sacramento game after that a double overtime victory against Utah on that second night of a back-to-back, uh, just like that game, the Thunder had their chances to win a game that many thought, yeah, they're going to lose this one. And uh, these games, while they're not important right now, in a few weeks, in about a month, when we look back and the Thunder are either the three or the four seed, we can look back at this game at Sacramento and say they had their opportunities and they just did not hit shots. Well, there were tons of opportunities in the fourth quarter tonight for the, uh, for the Thunder to take the lead. They were only able to lead by two tonight while uh, the Clippers were able to lead by 14. And so there were just so many opportunities, so many good open shots, and they just weren't falling. They weren't hitting them. And then, of course, like Brady kind of said, they allowed the Clippers to pull ahead by six, seven, eight points as soon as it either got tied or as soon as the Thunder were able to take at least a one-point lead. Uh, there was just so many missed opportunities, and it was just kind of a lack of focus at that point. I, I would chalk it up, too. But, I mean, this game... I didn't quite know what to expect from it coming in just because uh, what we've seen recently, them coming off of a back-to-back not even 24 hours later, like lots of overtime excitement, late tip-offs. It's just it doesn't work very well for this team right now, just kind of where they are. And so, I, I mean, I kind of expected this to go a lot like it did tonight. But at the same time, I was a little disappointed because kind of what Brady was saying, that second unit tonight was just absolutely phenomenal. They were able to finish the third quarter on a 12-2 run. Uh, of course, starting the fourth quarter is when Abdul Nader got that dunk in the end one, and he was able to pull it within one. It was just, you know, Billy even started the fourth quarter with the same group out there because he trusted them, and they had proven themselves to be this dynamic five group of guys who were out there playing their booties off. So it was just... It was really refreshing to see that. Um, I know Thunder fans probably were like, wow, okay, so this is this is a good unit right now. Billy's making a great decision by keeping these guys out there. And so it was just a little disappointing as things started to, I, I guess, widen the gap between the score again because, uh, I mean, when you have guys out there who are just working their asses off and they are doing these incredible plays to pull their team back with them, but they're not exactly what you would consider the star players of the team – I mean, it, it causes for a lot of excitement, but, I mean, it just, it sucked, for lack of a better term. It sucked that uh, this team wasn't able to hold on. They were able to let uh, guys like Lou Williams and Gallinari and Patrick Beverly, who didn't even have a single point tonight, but he was just a nuisance, like I said. He was a plus, uh, he was a plus 22 on the floor. <laughs> the plus minus is such a fun roller coaster of like how the hell one. does that work but yeah Beverly no points over three no points. all of his shots were three point attempts which bro why are you shooting three pointers <laughs> but yeah um still an impactful Just player weird. you can impact a game without scoring and I think years of covering Andre Robertson I think you and I can kind of agree to that oh, sentiment. Yeah. um my question with the Clippers 
Gallinari is one of those guys who routinely lights up the thunder. Him, Andrew Wiggins, Amon Shumpert. You you put a squad of those guys together, the Thunder would lose a seven game series to those guys in three. You know, there's just right. <laughs> it would it's just amazing. But my thing with Gallinari, it does it seem like to you, Madison, every time the Thunder and Gallinari go up against each other, Gallinari lights up the first quarter and then is just quiet the rest of the game. He, now he finishes with 34 points. He was 10 of 19 from the field, but he hit his first seven shots. Right, yeah. <laughs> he, he only, it was he only, basically he, like Gallinari, Gallinari versus the Thunder. It wasn't yeah. even really a game. Yeah, and I guess you don't really need to keep you know, hitting shots at that clip when you've got a guy like Lou Williams, who's a two-time six-man of the year, um, dropped 40 points tonight. I think on the pregame show tonight, Madison, you and Colby Powell and uh, Andrew Gillen, you were – I think Colby was – trying to remember a game where Lou Williams like really lit up the Thunder and he, I think he said that series two years ago when the Thunder lost to the Houston Rockets when Russ won the MVP right. um, I think Lou Williams had one okay game in that series like Lou was actually kind of held at bay in that series I think the game he was trying to remember was that that game a few I think Kevin Durant was still with the Thunder Lou Williams dropped like 40 or I think it might have been 50 I, can, I need I need to actually look it up but it was like 40 or 50 points um, when he was with the Lakers, and it was at a time when people had no idea who Lou Williams was. And <laughs> It was like, yeah. you know, Thunder Twitter was like, oh, great, here's another no-name scrub who just dropped 40 points on the Thunder. And it's like, well, Lou Williams is actually kind of good. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's just crazy because, I mean, obviously we were kind of talking about earlier how Russell Westbrook didn't have the best game. He was 2 of 9 from downtown, 12 of 23 from the floor. I mean, there was a point I looked at the stat sheet because this was uh, when I had first gotten home, so I wasn't really able to turn the game on yet, but I was just kind of listening to it and keeping up with it via social media. And there was a point in the game where Russell Westbrook had already racked up 17 points, and I don't think any other Thunder player had above five. And that's kind of a big topic we talked about on uh, the pregame show tonight. Well, actually, Gilman and Colby talked about. Uh, they were talking about how Russell lately has been a completely different player, and I really agree with that because – I mean, I mean, there's the obvious things. Like, yes, his shots are falling. He's being a lot more uh, efficient on offense lately. Um, but at the same time, he's kind of turned back into that, well, I'm going to lead this team and I'm going to do it my way type of thing. And that's kind of what he pulled tonight, like at the start of the game. <clears throat> I mean, not everything really went perfectly for Russell Westbrook. Obviously, we've said a couple times now he, ha- he did fall out tonight. But, you know, Russell, it, he's just – he's not getting – the kind of help that he was getting earlier on in the season. And that's not me dissing on the other guys right now. That's just kind of the reality of it. Uh, I mean, Paul George finished with 15 tonight, but that's not exactly, you know, Paul George, he was averaging about 40 before the all-star break. And he just, I don't want to say he's fallen off or anything like that, because that's a crazy accusation to make. But I think Paul George right now is still dealing with that shoulder. I think he's dealing with a little bit of, uh, getting back into the rhythm of things because as crazy as it sounds sitting out for three games when you're playing at that kind of level and that kind of high intensity I mean that can really affect your game and kind of affect the dynamic when you step back on the court with your teammates so I mean if Paul George isn't going to play uh to that kind of level Dennis Schroeder picks up 15 tonight but I mean Dennis Schroeder five of 11 three-pointers tonight yeah so just... it, was, it was crazy you know, it was just kind of a mixed bag of you could tell that this team was tired. You know, a lot of their shots right. missed short. And especially, you know, I've said it a, 
a dozen times. This is kind of like my, I guess, my old man gripe about basketball teams when they just settle for a lot of threes. It's like you can just tell they're tired. And a part of me wants to still be frustrated with that, you know, like watching a basketball team. Like that's not how you're what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, they're human beings. <laughs> if if they're tired, like I can only imagine what I would be like. So, yeah, chuck them up. But um, it's interesting, you know, this team. You know, everybody has this idea that you never want to peak early. You want to start, you want to play your quote unquote best basketball, you know, towards the end of the regular season. So you go into the postseason with kind of this positive momentum way that you're riding. Now, the Thunder did that last year. They won three of their last four games that they absolutely needed to win. Uh, one, one of those being a huge win on the road against the Houston Rockets. So they had plenty of positive momentum going into the reg- uh, to the postseason. And we all saw how that worked out. Now, the thing with this team this year, it's weird because a lot of people were worried that in that 11-win and 12-game stretch a few weeks ago, people were afraid that they were playing their best basketball. But, you know, the kind of conversations you and I were having on this podcast, Madison, during that time was, uh, what happened to the Thunder defense? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. They're scoring at such a level that it doesn't matter. The thing yeah. with this the thing with this team all year, the beginning of the year, their offense was very pedestrian. They could not shoot, but their defense was so good. They forced so many turnovers and scored so many points off those turnovers that they made up for it and they still won a bunch of games. Then they go into the hot shooting streak with Terrence for guys like Ferguson, Grant, even Dennis Schroeder. I'm um, shooting at times over 40% from the three-point line and their offense just skyrocketed. Up, the, up in the league rankings, and their defense started to fall off. Now their offense is starting to kind of level itself back out. The defense has yet to come back, although they're still able to turn it on like they were in the third quarter and at times in the fourth quarter tonight. Uh-huh. But now the problem is this team cannot stop fouling. <laughs> Oh my god. Last the night was just ridiculous. Last night 31 fouls against the Trailblazers that led to those um I think I said 43. They actually had 47 free throws last night. And tonight 34 fouls that led to 46 free throws for the Clippers. Just just too many fouls and it's not even up to fatigue because a lot of these a lot of these fouls are they're they're ticky-tack. Yes, there are some ticky-tack fouls. I know Thunder fans are really upset with the officiating. Um, at the same time, some of them were ticky-tack, yes. A lot of them are just silly and dumb. And yeah. I think the whole point of this little rant is I don't think the Thunder have played complete potential basketball yet. So if, if you subscribe to that belief that you cannot peak, I don't think the Thunder have peaked. I don't know how good this team is. I also don't know how bad this team is because we've seen kind of the polar opposites, Madison. So um, right. it, it's just kind of, it's just an interesting thought. Um, I don't know really what needs to be done because I, th- I think this team overall is a great defensive team. Have they been that in the last two weeks, three weeks, two months? They have not. But they can turn it on um, in terms of, okay, second half, third quarter, uh, final few possessions in the fourth quarter. Got to turn it on. You got to get stops in order to win this game. And they seem to be able to do that every single game, no matter how ugly the game has gone. They're able to flip that switch defensively. Offensively is a different story. They're not guys like Ferguson are not able to 
go over from the floor and then hit a big shot late when he's set up for a big shot like he was tonight um, in the corner. So I guess my question to you, Madison, is do you kind of agree with that or do you do you can you foresee this team turning it around defensively? Because it was just another example tonight of I mean, what what did the Clippers do in quarter by quarter? 36, 32, 20 in the third, and then 30 in the fourth. Just too many points in this in these quarter-by-quarter breakdowns. Yeah, and I, mean, I think a big topic that everyone's talking about right now, and I know for a fact that we have talked about, especially on this podcast, we've talked about it on our basketball show on Saturdays, we've talked about it uh, when Brady and I do the post-game show. I mean, it's a good thing to understand that the Thunder need to stop allowing so many points to start off the game and I mean we kind of laughed about this last night because they allowed Portland 30 in the first quarter they allowed the Clippers 36 in this quarter and so I mean you can sit here and say yeah like things are going to turn around things will turn around no but they have like 17 or 16 games left I don't I honestly don't see things getting like a dramatic change at all just because I mean I feel like it's a little I don't want to say it's too late in the season for anything to change because that's completely false. I think anything can happen uh, in a given game depending on, you know, how they show up mentally, how they show up physically. But, I mean, for them to just make a really drastic switch and just completely flip flip the knob and become this incredible defensive team that allows no more than 25 points in the first quarter to their opponents, I, I don't see that happening just because it's – I don't. It's a little too late for that. I mean, I, I feel like anyone. Feel free to disagree with me, but I mean, I I just see it being a little too late for that because right now uh, they're not getting good stops on defense. They're not uh, setting themselves up to not allow teams to score super high on them to start off games, and it's almost just like weird because there were so many instances tonight where guys were left wide open underneath the rim and where was Steven Adams where was Nerlens Noel where was anybody nobody was down there it was just like a completely wide open lane and these teams are coming in and they're watching the thunder and how they just disperse around the perimeter and leave uh, the paint wide open and they're scouting them and they're understanding like okay if we draw up this kind of play you guys are going to be able to get to the bucket pretty easily because there are no thunder players there waiting for you and they're absolutely right it's just I mean, there were definitely some good blocks tonight. I mean, um, Terrence Ferguson had a good block. Russell Westbrook even had one. Uh, Abdul Nader, holy crap. He had three blocks tonight. Nerlens Noel did his usual thing with two. I mean, they definitely showed up on the defensive end from time to time. It's more of a sporadic thing, but it needs to become a consistent thing if they want to uh, move forward and if they want to at least make it out of the first round of playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying, Madison. Um... I guess what I'm talking about, like this team's ability to play to their potential, I have no doubt that they can do it when it matters in terms of postseason play. That does not mean that I think that this team is going to the Western Conference Finals or that they're going to win an NBA championship. I just feel like what how they're playing right now, I do I do not I do not think it's indicative of of how they can play um, when it when it matters. And I did a terrible job of articulating that. I understand it's kind of hard to, it's just kind of hard to be like philosophical when it comes to basketball, because all we can really do is go by what we've seen. And what we've seen is just terrible basketball, especially from the defensive end. But um, I think the only concern that I have as it pertains to like the, the present, like what the thunder can control right now, because the playoffs are still, 
what, 16 games away at this point or so. I, right. I, I don't math. Um, but, <laughs> you know, with this loss, they now move a game and a half back behind the Houston Rockets, who just moved up in the three seed by defeating Philadelphia tonight. Of course, the Thunder um, have the series so far with Houston at 2-1. to one. They still play uh, Houston again, I believe, in the next few weeks. I need to find out. I cannot remember. I think that that's in Houston again. No, 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 it's in Oklahoma City. Um, so the Thunder will have a chance to possibly get the tiebreaker on them, so that would force Houston to actually have to win more games than the Thunder. So uh, this team still has the ability to get the three seed. I think the concern is they need to get the three seed because I, I don't like this team's chances um, as a four seed because of the potential to play either Utah or Portland. They've had success against those two squads this year. The postseason is a completely different story. I, I just don't like the the possible uh, flooding of emotions that would come from a Westbrook or a Paul George against guys like Dame Lillard or Joe Ingles or Ricky Rubio or Donovan Mitchell. I just don't like that um, potential. So I'll half agree with you and I'll half disagree with you just because, yeah, I think that I think the Thunder are really good. I think that this team is able to play at a high level defensively. And I think guys like Jeremy Grant, uh, Dennis Schroeder, even Abdul Nader, if he gets postseason minutes, I feel like they can hit enough shots to help with the scoring. But at the same time, the Thunder need to get the three seed. Right. I, 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 I mean, yeah. No, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I definitely, like, I don't know. I do think that this team can turn it on when it comes that time. If Paul George can get his... Uh, shoulder healthy, whatever is going on with Steven Adams, that definitely hasn't been made known, and I'm not trying to make up anything. Uh, but I mean, it's been a hot, pretty hot topic. Something is going on with Steven Adams, maybe like some uh, injury type wise, or just some rusty ankles, rusty knees. He's a big guy, you know, you never know. But if, if this team can really kind of turn around their health and uh, just figure a couple of kinks out, I, I definitely believe they're capable of taking on any team, especially in the first round. Um, I don't know, maybe for our sleep schedule, Portland, yeah, that would be super exciting, but holy crap, I need some monsters and Red Bulls Please to keep me no. through that series. Please no. Please no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's super exciting. And everyone, that was a big topic on Twitter last night, is yes, Portland, Oklahoma City, first round. I'm like, oh gosh, hey, I don't it, know if I can do it. It'd be fun, but yeah, I, I, I took a four-hour nap today, like after like two o'clock, so... That's what wow, happens. That's this. what happens with West Coast tip-offs. Um, Madison, one more thing before we get into some questions. Uh, yeah. We have, we, have, we have a few more con- uh, comments rather than questions tonight, but that's going to happen after some officiating controversy, let's just say. Um, Steven Adams, look, 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 look. I yeah. have heard everybody under the sun that covers this team, that roots for this team, give their two cents about Steven Adams. I agree with everybody's sentiment about Steven Adams. I understand that he has a great responsibility when it comes to the defensive end, that he has to basically cover up a lot of weaknesses and a lot of mistakes by other guys, Russell Westbrook, uh, because this team (laughs) likes to gamble on the defensive end a lot. But again, that plays into their identity of forcing turnovers. You don't force turnovers by just sitting back and letting them pass the ball around you. You actually have to force the issue. Um, So I I get that Steven has that to worry about. I get that Steven Adams plays in the Western Conference and it feels like every week he's playing Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, Yusuf Nurkic, just like all-star caliber centers 
across the board. You know, any guy's going to get worked when they play back-to-back-to-back games against bodies like that. I, I, I understand that. I also understand that Steven Adams might be a little physically uncomfortable at this point. He he definitely does not look 100% healthy. Um, and that's going to affect the way that you hit sh- that you hit or miss shots. It's going to affect the way that you shoot your free throws. It's going to affect the way that you defend, rebound, all that. You know what? None of that takes away from the fact that he has just been terrible. He has been so bad. He's been so bad that there. I found myself kind of, kind of thinking Billy needs to put Nerlens in a little bit more. And yeah. I don't want that to sound hot take ish. It's just it's completely reactionary to what is going on at the current time when I'm watching a game. And when I see Stephen Adams just drop passes that are right in his hands, when I see Stephen Adams just um, go over the back and foul carelessly, when I see Stephen Adams. Um, not be able to get in position to box out. I, I just can't help but think like, wow, those are just wasted opportunities for for a team that struggles offensively, and especially when their MVP candidate and Paul George is not scoring like he has been scoring uh, prior to the All Star break, and it's forcing a guy in Russell Westbrook to have to shoot so much more. And look, Russell's been shooting really really well. Keep shooting them if you're going to shoot that well. But yeah. we, we both understand, Madison, if the Thunder want to reach a higher level than just getting into the first round of the postseason, Paul George has to be the alpha in terms of scoring. It cannot be Russell Westbrook because we, we have seen that movie before. But Steven Adams, it's just you can't waste so many opportunities off of uh, offensive rebound, giving up offensive rebounds. Now, tonight they cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, the Clippers only had 10 but it just seems like every time you use zone in on Steven Adams, he's dropping passes. He's not boxing that boxing out. He's getting burned by. I mean, Montrez Harrell had. What did he have? He had eight points, and you know what? I'm so that's that's nothing. Like who cares? Eight points. No, no one that does not matter. But it seemed like Harrell got everything he wanted when he was going up against Steven Adams, and like I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to overly criticize the guy, but I feel like I have to because there's just, nobody wants to criticize him because he's Steven Adams and because of how well liked he is, how well liked he is by the media, blah, blah, blah. I, I understand all that. It's just, if the Thunder want want to get to where they want to be, Steven has to play better than what he's playing playing at. And I don't care what his responsibilities are. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Steven Adams, good Lord, I don't know what is going on right now because, I mean, I was right there kind of in that same wagon just praising his name, saying he was the strongest guy in the league. He's uh, this guy who is just completely unstoppable. He's so, so vital to this team. And I still believe he's a very vital aspect to the Thunder, but, I mean, he's going to have to figure something out as the postseason approaches because this team needs someone who is going to do exactly what Brady just said, he, who's going to box out down low, who's going to be a force to be reckoned with, who's going to make his shots, who is just, you know, he's not going to allow bit other big guys to get to the rim and just completely dominate him as well as dominate the Thunder. So, I mean, if Steven Adams is not going to play at the high level that, I mean, all of us have seen him play at before. I mean, Nerlens Joel, what did he get tonight? He got 16 minutes tonight. I mean, he, I don't know. Those are going to have to be upped. I mean, if Billy Donovan is not going to be super pleased with Stephen Adams, if uh, Stephen Adams isn't going to perform the way that he needs to be performing for this team to have success, then, 
uh, something else is going to have to be done. And so, I don't know, it's just been, it's been weird. It's been really weird seeing him not perform the way that everyone knows him to perform. And I definitely don't want to just sit here and bark at Steven Adams uh, just because he has done great things over the past seasons. He's done great things uh, over the past, I don't know, couple of months ago. But, I mean, things have changed. And just a lot of the guys on the team right now, they just look a little bit different. And Steven Adams is definitely one of them. So he's going to have to figure something out because I don't want to see uh, this Thunder team suffer because whatever he's dealing with is uh, starting to affect the way he's playing. And it's very, it's very apparent. Yeah, and you know, not all this is on Stephen Adams. Like, don't, don't get don't get it twisted. I'm not blaming right. this terrible stretch of, of play, even though the Thunder were able to beat Utah and Portland in over, both both of those games in overtime in this bad stretch of basketball. It's not all on Stephen Adams. Like that, it's a team sport. Even basketball is a team sport. Um, another guy that can kind of get criticized harshly is Dennis Schroeder. I mean, his shooting has been just abysmal (laughs) it's been five of 20 tonight from the floor two of 11 like i will not i will not be here for russell westbrook criticism and slander about he shouldn't be taking x amount of three-pointers look i agree i I think the magic number for him is four to five if he takes four or five three-pointers whatever you know i don't care he's gonna take one or two bad shots a game that's just who he is if he takes four or five three-pointers no harm no foul He's probably going to make one or two of them anyway. But Dennis Schroeder taking 11 three-pointers and no one, no one's going to talk about it on Monday. No one's going to care because he's the sixth man of the Thunder. He's the backup point guard. But whatever shooting funk Dennis Schroeder is on, it needs to stop because, you know, I think I've, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, but the, the Thunder's defense in this nine-game stretch now, it could have been... Everything could have been the exact same. It could have been terrible. Just as it, they could have given up 30 points here, 38 points there in a quarter. But if Dennis Schroeder just shoots normally, if he just shoots an average percentage from the floor, the Thunder win probably two or three more of these games because it's just so important that Schroeder has success shooting from the floor because if Paul's not, Paul has either missed games in this stretch or he's not shot the ball particularly well because he's getting back into rhythm and he's probably still working through that shoulder soreness so until he's a hundred percent healthy he's probably going to struggle scoring so a lot of the brunt goes to russell westbrook and dennis schroeder and when russ drops 32 on on 12 to 23 good job you did your job five of 20 <laughs> dennis schroeder five of 22 of 11 does not does not even warrant a, a high five even though schroeder had a lot to say about this comeback tonight in that third quarter by leading that charge but the schroeder has to shoot better no, I agree. I think just a lot of different things need to change. I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and tear, tear the Thunder apart and say that no other team is going through this because, oh, Lord knows, that's not true. Uh, there are a lot of other teams that are way worse off. So, I mean, it's nothing, like, too serious to Fred. I think I really do have a lot of confidence that, like, these guys will get it together. I think uh, things may turn around. Who knows? I think Utah is going to be a bloodbath, if we're going to be totally honest. But, I mean, that's that's the way they like it. That's kind of what that matchup entails. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, Brady. I really am. This team needs two days off. You and I need two days off. <laughs> I need like 400 like melatonins right now. <laughs> With that, let's uh, let's try and get us both out of here and let's go. Let's burn through some of these questions and comments. Um, let's do it. So Dakota Hoover at Hoove Nasty with two Y's. 
um, tweets, do you think the referees in the sport of basketball affect the outcome of the game more than any sport? I'm going to say no, because I was present in Eugene, Oregon, when Oklahoma played the University of Oregon, and those refs absolutely affected the outcome of that game. Screw those m I don't care. That was a train robbery. <laughs> Go die in a fire, Oregon officials. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I mean... They have a tougher job. NBA fish, basketball officials have a much tougher job. Yeah, they do. Oh, man. I mean, I don't even really know how to answer this question. I've actually kind of been looking at it while we've been talking, trying to figure out a way to answer it. Um, I think, okay, I'm going, let me explain before anyone jumps to conclusions. But, well, please yes, explain. I do think referees, uh, they do affect the outcome of sports. But also, that that's not me saying that it's their fault when things don't go uh, a certain team's way or if things look a little faulty or wacky i mean at the same time people need to remember that it's up to these guys who play the sport professionally to play at a very professional level and to play at a very smart level if they're getting paid all this money and they've been doing this for multiple years uh i mean you're gonna have to play at a smart level and so sometimes people are like that foul was whack okay but you have to remember and i'm not talking about just the thunder in this situation i'm talking about you know pretty much everybody that plays the sport these guys put themselves in that position at the same time so yeah sometimes fouls are kind of like what in the world was that but at the same time like these guys kind of put themselves out there to get that foul call kind of put themselves in that situation emotions are flaring sometimes uh i mean we definitely saw a lot of emotions flaring last night and tonight i mean yes i think they affect the outcome um I, I don't know. It's just not in not necessarily in a negative way, but it's just kind of more of like a reality type of way. Yeah, they affect it, and that's just kind of part of the game, and that's uh, something that players and coaches are going to have to take into account when they enter a game, and uh, that really should affect the way that they play the game. Fellow Thunder Insider from the franchise, Madison, uh, John Hamm just tweeted, uh, final note before sleep time, maybe Russ shouldn't have picked up that early first quarter frustration foul that he usually does to stop the clock and complain to the refs. That's true. That is true. You know, fouls, people always get concerned about late calls, (laughs) late fouls, but this is a 48-minute game. Everything counts from the first quarter on, and so, yeah, you've got to, if you're going to complain about the calls with a minute left in the fourth quarter, you've got to also talk about the calls in the first quarter. But, you know what, I'm a fan of, other sports teams, I understand. I do the same stuff too, so I'm not going to pretend like I'm holier than thou here. So on to the next. Oh, no, question. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. I mean, I. You scream at the TV. John Ham's tweet. You scream at the tw- You scream at the TV a lot, Madison. I'm quite the screamer, oh, honestly, yeah. when it comes to sports and athletic events and being angry at things. Yeah, I can scream <laughs> at the television all I want to. A <laughs> uh, friend of the podcast, Ben Noble, always asks us really awesome questions. Uh, at ben... He's so good at questions. Oh, yeah. At Ben R. Noble 1, uh, what do you think is the key to the Thunder's defensive identity being restored? Minor things such as deflections and steals have been down lately. Seems to be a lot of blown coverages likely to lock down the playoffs, or is there a larger concern? I think, you know, Madison, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, but in terms of the deflections and uh, steals, which two categories which the Thunder have led the league seemingly all year, I, I don't know if they still lead the league. They're probably 
probably still leading the league because they were at such in they led by such a gap about a, three weeks ago the last time I checked. But um, yeah, I think a lot of that is just you can rack that up to fatigue because all d- defense. The cliche is it's always all about effort. Um, and when the effort's not there, the culprit is usually because of tiredness and fatigue. And this is the time of year when guys are tired. And I'm not, again, I'm not concerned about the defense in terms of how they will perform in the postseason. I don't think, I don't think the Thunder are going to be giving up 38 first quarter point outputs in the postseason as opposed to what they would be doing right now in the last week and a half or two. Um, it's a bad stretch, no doubt, but I'm not that concerned. Once the postseason starts, it's just a new energy. It's a blank slate. N- nothing that you did in the regular season really matters anymore. And so you can kind of go into the playoffs with fresh legs, if that makes sense. No, I totally agree with that. I really think that as soon as the regular season ends, I mean, that everything that happened in the regular season, you just kind of need to push it back and focus on the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, I mean... To answer Ben's question, um, I think a big thing, uh, I guess, to having their defensive identity restored is to just maybe take a different approach to it. Uh, I think there's just so much that can be done to be or to fix all of the problems that are going on right now. But um, at the same time, you know, they're they're still winning games. They're not on like this awful losing streak right now like yeah it's not the greatest streak uh, after the all-star break and it's a little disappointing to thunder fans but uh, at the same time i mean they're not they're not totally tanking right now they're not completely falling apart like some other teams in the league right now uh, los angeles lakers and so it's just it's not something to be super down about but i mean there's a lot that they can do uh to kind of flip things around and yeah they need to restore their de- de- they need to restore their defensive identity a little bit, and I think that's going to come uh, just as postseason gets closer and closer because they're going to hit the realization that something needs to change. And I feel like they kind of have started realizing that just with uh, a couple of things that have changed. I mean, guys that shouldn't be taking these garbage shots are not taking as many anymore. So it's just things are flipping, things are changing. And so once they get into the strategy of going into the postseason and being – fully refreshed and fully refocused on something much bigger than what they just experienced uh, during 82 games, then I think things will start to change. So I don't really have an exact answer for Ben because it's a freaking great question. And I'd probably like to think about that a little bit longer, but I mean, I don't know, anything can happen. So they're just going to have to figure something out, something that works for their team, something that works for the dynamic and something that works for them individually. Boom. Um, the last two aren't really questions, so we can just kind of read these out together so we can get some shout-outs. At uh, Matt OKC321 says, Might be the worst officiated season I've ever watched. I guess he's talking about the entire season from the Thunder's perspective. Um, okay, okay. I will uh, agree that you believe that. Um, and then Premium Sean Chat at skeet denims <laughs> uh tweets fa the refs but i'm sure he means f the ref so i'm not going to be silly and just say fa but well i don't think you're the only one thinking that brother yeah um yeah everybody is still it's 105 in the morning right now and everybody is still screaming about that russell westbrook uh charge it was the right call you know it was the right call yeah. it's an unfortunate call but again you know you go back to what john said R- russell should not have picked up that first quarter foul 
Um, you've got to adapt. I, I You've got to adapt to how the officials are going to call games. I grew up a Dwayne Wade Miami Heat fan, and whenever friends of mine that were Dallas Maverick fans would come up to me and give me crap about, oh, if you breathe on Dwayne Wade, they were he was they were sending him to the line. Well, hey, Miami adapted to that to, the, to that in that finals to the way the officials were calling the play uh, calling the fouls. Dallas didn't, so shame on them. So uh, shame shame on the Thunder in the last two nights for not adapting so well, but, um, you know, for the fans that are upset with the officiating, yes, today, tonight was disappointing. Last night was disappointing, but the Thunder won last night. And also Nurkic getting tossed probably was the most impactful thing in terms of the Thunder being able to pull out that, um, overtime victory because with no Nurkic and only Cantor there to quote, defend unquote the rim, the Thunder went on a NATO scoring run in the, in overtime. So, um, you know, you win some and you lose some with officiating. No, you definitely do. And uh, just like a quick note about that, we kind of talked about that in the pregame show, but God, these players just need to be real smart. I think there was a time Steven Adams picked up like his third or fourth foul with just seconds left before halftime. And then, of course, uh, Nurkic gets ejected last night for just flaring up right as uh, overtime was approaching. Jeez, like, be smart about that. Don't let your emotions get so, I don't know, don't let them divulge you so much that you make stupid decisions and then put yourself in jeopardy like that when there's no reason to be doing that. So just be smarter when it comes to that. That's my final note of the night. Yeah, final note, because it's 45 minutes into this podcast, and we're not even doing the post-game show. This is just the podcast. Holy crap. We had a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back-to-back controversial loss. Tends to happen. Gotta Fr- love it. Friday night, huh, Madison? Wild Friday night, guys. <laughs> Wild Friday night. Now let's both go to bed because we're both boring. Yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to get bored of my own voice. <laughs> well, I'm not bored of your voice, and I'm sure our listeners are not bored bored of your voice, Madison. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I'm sure they're bored of mine. So uh, with that, we will uh, we will exit this podcast, uh, episode 66. 66. Woo-hoo! We've got a few more left. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, to the previous episodes, following us all year, all with the great questions, all with the great comments. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, Madison and I are going to put out a video at some point next week. Um, we're still working on it a little bit, but we'll put it out on Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz. Um, so, look for that. Uh, please share, retweet, like, all that stuff. Uh, help spread the word. We've got every time I I look into the statistics, we get more and more subscribers. So that makes Yay. That, that makes Brady and Madison happy. So thank you guys all so much. Uh, but for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham signing off. The Thunder lose to the L.A. Clippers. I've already forgotten the score. It doesn't really matter. Um, but the Thunder <laughs> dropped to the four seed. They are forty. They are forty and twenty six. Uh, who cares? They're, they're the four seed. Um, So we will see you Monday night, Tuesday morning at some point, whenever the Thunder take on the Utah Jazz. So until then, everybody, have a great night.